Hey, what's up, Blazer fans? Welcome to the Blazer's Edge podcast. I am Tara Bowen Biggs, here as always with Blazer's outsider, Danny Morang. Oh, thank you for that wonderful welcome, Tara. Well, you know what? I'm feeling good. Uh, the days are getting shorter. The nights are getting cooler. We are looking forward, no longer looking backwards. And I'm kind of excited because we've got some stuff to talk about this week. There's some teams in the league that are doing some stuff that are worth talking about. No, Things, no I guess not. The front, no, no, I guess no. the front offices are open for business again. And a couple of things that have been happening, I think, are interesting, especially to Blazer fans, because people are doing some stuff that, I don't know, I know I was thinking, huh, if they can do that. Yeah, no, you know, no. Just enough to this, get my hopes up. It's, it's not, you're not allowed to make moves right now, Tara. That's, that's well, how people th- aren't. That's that, that's how the things work right now. You're not allowed to make moves. You you have to wait until the absolute best possible time, which is yet to be determined, to make make moves. That, that's 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 a rule. It's it's in the CBA. Um, it's there's a little asterisk next to it. It only applies to Portland between 2016 <laughs> and forever. And four years later. <sighs> yeah. So. Okay. Well. Let's let's get into it because my ears perked up when I heard about a couple of the things that have happened in the last week, and so I want to find out how you are thinking. The first one that um, I think it actually happened second; they happened very close together. But I'm talking, of course, about the two. I'm talking about the Lakers uh, uh, buying out the Wall Dang, and then mm-hmm. the Houston Phoenix trade. So you're so talking about two unthinkable. I mean, I mean, untradeable. I mean. Um, yeah, two god awful contracts that you know we've been told that you can't do anything with something being done with. Yeah, right? I mean that's why my ears huh. were perking up because huh. I was like, "Huh, we've we've heard for so long that um, you know that there's some contracts on our team that we're gonna either that we're just gonna have to wait out." And uh, I see other teams doing some interesting stuff that are kind of like right around in the same price range, even <laughs> that our players are looking at. So let's let's start with Luol Deng. So Luol Deng, uh, uh, let me ex- let me uh, say what I think is happening because it sounded a little bit complex, but I think I got it figured out. He had about thirty six and a half million dollars left on his contract for mm-hmm. two more years, right? Yeah. So that's like around like what is that seventeen. It's a stupid amount of money. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, a lot of money. So the the Lakers are going to buy him out, and they're going to buy him out effective September 1st, which means that instead of stretching the entire $36.5 million over five years, which is two years doubled plus one, instead they're going to count his salary for this year, against this year's cap and then they're going to stretch the other half of it so the other 17 or what is it 12 and a half i don't know i gotta do the math anyway you do the math for me yeah because they they take the the 5.2 or 5.6 off the top of the buyout that he agreed to give up basically to make it so where in all likelihood he'll go join tips so so basically they waited until September 1st so that they could have the bulk of it count against this year's or so they could have half of it counts against this year's cap and then Mm -hmm. they're going to stretch the rest of it out and because they're stretching the rest of it out and because they did it by negotiating an ex wall dang taking seven and a half less because of that they now amazingly have just the right amount of cap space 
for a uh, max con- another max contract player next year. Yeah, basically, so they're eating it this year along with the ridiculous roster construction that they have. And so I, I have to throw this in there. I, I talked to a couple NBA players um, familiar with Los Angeles and the current roster there uh, over the last few days. And I asked them both the same question. And I, I got laughter from both when I asked, how well do you think things are going to work between LeBron, Lonzo, and Rondo? Like, is there enough ball to go around? Both players broke into hysterical laughter and then looked at me and then laughed again and said, hell no. <laughs> so, um, so they're thinking it's not going to work. Yeah. So and I think this dang deal points to the Lakers believing that because they're just looking to – all those one-year deals, they're just, yeah. they're just holds. They're salary yeah. holds to get – see what happens, keep ball movement going. Like there's not a shooter on that team. So it's – it's kind of hilarious how that the, the, this whole thing's going to play out. And, and the Lakers are still going to make the playoffs because they have LeBron James. But particularly as it pertains to Luol Deng's salary structure and how it's playing out, this whole thing points directly at next year. Mm-hmm. Like, like people are like, oh, the Lakers aren't punting. They're like, no, they're punting. They, they, it, it was fourth and in inches, and they punted. They, just, they, they couldn't get Kawhi because they weren't going to get the, the young guys for him. And they couldn't convince Paul George to come. So they said, screw it, we'll wait till next year. Like, I, I, I haven't seen a team that has so unbelievably pointed at saying, no, we're like, we'll compete because <laughs> we have LeBron James. But otherwise, they have fully punted until next season. So, in the, <clears throat> the, the, ter- the terms of this deal that the Lakers just embarked on. Mm-hmm. It sounds to me like they were, you know, with Dang, they were like, look, we know that you want to play. We want to go play with someone else. Terry, he played play 13 here. minutes this year. He played more minutes right. in the in the Cup of Africa's game than he did last season. So and he was healthy. they basically told him, if you want to play, you have to give us back $7.5 million. Yes. Yeah. And I, they didn't just land on that number either. Right. Like, it's the exact same amount of money it would cost to get uh, Kevin Durant, I believe. Yeah, with with the salary cap space that, that they're going to have next year, yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if, it, it's it's not a coincidence. One year contracts expiring mm-hmm. and everything coming off the book. So have have you ever th- seen such a, a deal of this type before? Are we at a place where we nobody ever needed to do this type of maneuvering before? Not um, this or much is money. This something that you've seen? Like, I mean, there haven't been this many big time buyouts where like. With the exception of that, obviously you get the one with Carmelo, but you you get these deals usually with crap teams that are willing to just do it and get something in return, mm-hmm. right? The Lakers, listen, I I want to throw all the Lakers shade possible. They're not a crap team with nothing to gain here. Like they're this, you don't see this from teams that are building towards something like right away. That's what makes this whole thing just so weird. But it also again points to the fact that they're punting until next year, like mm-hmm. like they're they're going to see how I think the, the whole thing about this season for the Lakers is how does Lonzo play with LeBron? How does Kuzma play with LeBron? How does Ingram play with LeBron? How does Josh Hart play with LeBron? And how does each one of those young guys develop alongside him? And then mm-hmm. they will either trade one of those guys or two of those guys for the necessary piece to come in and then bring in the third guy via the um, K 
cap space, or one of those young guys develops. And that, that's what this season is all about for them. Making LeBron happy, meeting all his demands, um, creating the media circus, which is why you bring in the guys that you bring. Because with LeBron there, it was going to be chaos anyways. Then you bring in JaVale, you bring in Rondo, you bring in uh, Lance, you bring in Beasley. I mean, throw in, we, we, we get through that many names, Tara, and we haven't even said LeVar Ball yet. <laughs> like okay, we got to wrap this up. Yeah, this no. is way too much Lakers talk. This I know. Is my last it's, question on it. It's it's it, the one thing I want to say is the the idea of like what the Lakers are doing here. I I think this is something that people have asked about Portland. Like why why isn't this something that Portland has considered, or why isn't this something they look for, looking to looking to do? Maybe not in the sense of buying somebody out, but finding a way to. I, don't, I know this sounds terrible to punt for a year to build towards something, and uh, there's a lot goes that goes into that. But I think when you see this this deal and the one we'll talk about here in a minute, that's why there there there's some of the uneasiness around Portland. Hmm. Well, no, I mean I've I've heard plenty of people around town. I haven't really been one of them, but I've heard plenty of people talking about like why don't they just stretch Myers. Or something like, you know, because Myers was, was barely playing last year. Mm -hmm. That's just like a for example. I'm not advocating that. I'm it's it's, it's very much the same as, as Dang's situation as far as, like, being on the court. Mm -hmm. like, if, like, let him go play somewhere. Mm -hmm. Like, you know. Um, but my, my, well, my final question on it is where do you think Luol Dang might end up? Minnesota. You think he's going to go? He's going to go play, play with, with Tibbs. Tibbs. Yeah, and then, then the Knicks are going to find a way to buy out. Joe Kim Noah and Joe Kim Noah is going to come crawling home or not crawling home, but taking the siren song of, of Tibbs and then Minnesota will just implode because Butler, Dang, Noah and Taj will form their holy union with, with Tibbs and Cat and Wiggins will be left out in the cold and it, it'll just turn into a giant dumpster fire by mm, January. <laughs> So. Well, we will we will keep our eyes on that and find out where the Walding will end up. Because yeah, like you brought it up, he it was fun watching him play in the Africa game. I was like, I forgot what watching Lou Walding is like. Yeah, Lou Walding's a good player. It's just like, yeah, I, I found it a little bit strange that he couldn't get any minutes. Like, like come on, guys, any any minutes? Mm -hmm. That's a little weird. Yeah. Okay, well, moving on. So the other big news is that there was a trade between Houston and Phoenix. So Phoenix is sending Mark, uh, Mark, Mark, I can't ever say his name. Marquise. Marquise, Marquise Chris and Brandon Knight to Houston in exchange for Ryan Anderson and DeAnthony Melton. Now, Ryan mm -hmm. Anderson is another one of the players who had some skills but fell out of the rotation and has a quite a large contract. The untouchables, so as we call what them. Are your, what are your reactions to this trade? My question, like, what? I, I guess I know Houston was doing it because they wanted to find a place for Ryan Anderson, but other than that, I don't understand what they're doing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they found a team that had the salary cap space to, you know, make it work, and they got another guard... For, if, if you, you know, it's kind of weird. If you look at them, they look a little bit like Portland in the sense that they have all these guards and they're kind of lacking on the wing position now. Mm -hmm. Like they're, they're they're very much in that group. The funny thing here is is one that the Houston fans that think that they won this trade. <laughs> like like Brandon Knight hasn't been a player in the NBA in almost three years. Mm -hmm. Like he's he he's the walking wounded. 
Um, and mm-hmm. he's just as overpaid as Ryan Anderson. Like it, in Anderson's case, like it's about defensive functionality. Like he's still going to be able to give you something. He's still on the floor or he could be on the floor. Like Knight has just been not available um, mm-hmm. on top of, you know, vacillating between levels of play. Marquise Chris, I mean, he's a guy out of UW who I think a lot of people thought could be really good. When I looked at him, I was like, his kid's raw, <laughs> but mm-hmm. he, he could be fun. Uh, I, I know a lot of people in Houston are thinking, he's like, oh, he's going to be Clint Capella's backup, but he'll be just like him. And Chris Paul and James Harden to make things easy for him. I'm like, I've seen plenty of guys in the NBA who had guards and other guys around them made things very, very easy for them, and they still found a way to not be good. Like, well, both of those players are somewhat, so far anyway, underperforming the expectations that you know people had on them mm-hmm. when they came in. And is Houston a team that is known for being able to take on guys who are underperforming? I don't really who see is that Houston as the developed? way they usually operate. Yeah, who who is Houston really developed? I mean, they I, they brought in James Harden, who was after you know his first deal and and getting paid in, in Oklahoma City, made a trade. But he for was him. already really good. on his way. Yeah, six man of the year <laughs> candidate, and was definitely looking to be. Now he got to Hall of Fame caliber, you know, obviously in Houston. But I mean, yeah. they they moved for uh, Chris Paul. Now you could say Clint Capella. Clint Capella is developed underneath them, mm-hmm. but their wings. They had Mbamute. They had Ariza. They had PJ Tucker. Like none of those guys are, are Houston development guys. Like, the last guy I could really think of is Houston, like, like working with and developing is Yao. Mm-hmm. But wow. I mean, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a long time ago. I, I just don't think of guys yeah. in that in that mentality, like, where they nurtured them, grew them, you know, obviously, you, you've got to be good to get where, you know, those superstars get to you. But I, I think, you know, obviously, there's guys who, you know, had they not been drafted by Orlando would probably be in a lot better spot who were not drafted by Phoenix would be a lot better spot. Um, so it, Houston may be great. They may have a great veteran culture. They may have a great team and they may have a, a great out, a chance and outlook on this season. But I don't know if that necessarily uh, turns into them being good for development culture for young guys. The flip mm-hmm. side of this is Phoenix. I, I don't really see a downside for them here. Like they, they they get a, another young kid who, by every metric, shout out USC, um, <laughs> is a defensive stalwart. And I mean, let, let's be honest. When we think of Phoenix, do we think of defense? <laughs> like We're still uh, don't know what to think about Phoenix. I I, I, I can will say this: when I think about Phoenix right now, when I look at their roster, I think, ooh, fun. Like that's going to be a mm-hmm. fun team. Houston, I look at it, I'm like, what are they doing? Like I granted, yeah. I, I get it. Chris Paul, James Harden, Clint Capella, and then after that, I'm just like Carmelo. Well, he, I mean, Houston has do it now expectations. So you know, Phoenix has time, and Houston is like you have. They have a very short window to do anything, and and that's why I'm like Marquise, Chris, and. Brandon Knight, that's... Yeah, that's your big move. <laughs> Those are the final pieces that you had to fall into place. So I'm wondering if maybe they're not done um, with with their... Because, I mean... You I, have I, to I give Maury the benefit year, of doubt. Houston moved, was was tinkering with things right up until yeah. the deadline, pretty you, much. You have to give Maury the benefit of the doubt. You do. That, that's just the reality of it. That, listen, I hate the Rockets. Daryl Maury has done a fantastic job. So I kind of reserve my my second guessing on him for a lot of things because 
he seems to come up on the top end pretty damn often. But I, if you want my offseason hot take, I, I think with the moves that they've made already, unless they make another big-time drastic moves to get some real wing help or they have some serious development from within, they're going to fall off that challenger pedestal this season. Like they're not, yeah. like they're going to be good, but they're going to, they're going to fall down. And, and they're the, as far as like golden state, they're going to just going to get waxed by them. And they're, I mean, they're going to be a threat. Carmelo is going to be able to do what he says he's going to be able to do. Well, so the other things, a couple of things I'll say about this one with the Phoenix end of the trade, you know, they have a new coach. So, you know, maybe they're looking at, you know, building the team for him and, you know, what his style is going to be. And, you know, these are the pieces that he was, these are the types of pieces that he was looking for. And the others were the types of pieces that didn't fit into what his vision of the future was for them. Cause like, you know, like you said, Phoenix has time. They're going to be kind of fun or whatever, but they still don't have their identity. And so maybe now that they have a coach, maybe this coach is going to be around for a while and they'll be able to build something that matches what his, what his coaching is. And then with the Houston coaching situation, what I would just add that with Dan, with Dan, Tony, I always thought that his talent was helping guys who are already talented and developed, find the perfect sweet spot so I think, you know, that's one of the reasons that we don't see a lot of, you know, player development. But like you pointed out, Capella has been doing it. But like Terry Stotts is a coach who's known for player development. Yes. Yeah. Right? Terry Stotts is a player development guy. And I think honestly, and, and there's probably some people who disagree with this pretty strongly, but I think Nate McMillan was a really strong development guy. But I don't think he was a... He seems like he's doing that in Indiana. Yeah. And I think that's that's why is that he he understands how to get the most out of guys in a very structured system. Now, I don't think he was the best mm -hmm. offensive mind, but I think he was a very, very good developmental coach. And I think Stotts is a better version of that. Dan, here's the funny thing. I mean, D'Antoni basically said, screw New York, I'm out of here, because of Carmelo and the way that Carmelo wanted to play. Mm -hmm. And now they're going to insert Carmelo into that whole system. Um, and you're talking about wanting to develop young guys in a system that's going to be populated by players where the coach was so frustrated with said player that he said, screw this and gave up millions of dollars. <laughs> so yeah, like, like I don't, I don't think people are talking about that enough. Like that doesn't happen <laughs> very often. So well, they've, yeah. D'Antoni said that he thinks that everything will be fine now. Oh, I'm uh, sure. I'll put in a plug for my last what podcast, my last what podcast, I went and I talked to women from four different fan groups about what it was like when Carmelo was there. So I talked to this w amazing woman from Denver who was so hilarious. She's been a fan of theirs since like 72. So she could like, she gave it like a litany of all the terrible stuff that Denver had to go through before <laughs> they got Carmelo. So that was really great. And then I talked to somebody in New York about that time. Um, you know, when D'Antoni was there and then we went to OKC and then finally I talked to somebody from Houston. Um, think about this was, for a second, really though. The, the, think about this for a second. Like, people were, the, the people you had on come on from New York and talk about his time there. Like, those were bad times and those are like fond memories for Knicks fans right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> those were good times. <laughs> God. Like you yeah. know what, there there is plenty of things to be upset with with, with the Blazers. Um, there's there's plenty of things that I don't disagree with, but man, at least they're not the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, our the 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 bottom 
for Blazers is a lot higher than the bottom for other franchises, I think. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, hopefully, you know, we're not going to ever see some some of the depths that some of these other fan bases have had to endure. Okay, I want to I want to anyway, before we move on, like I want to talk about yeah. the, these big contracts and how they they, they kind of Okay. I threw this out on Twitter actually before Dang got bought out, which is just kind of sad. I, my, my timing was just off. So I had a list of like basically what I think is the consensus crappy contract group. So Jordan the ones from 2016. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. So Clarkson, Mozgov, Bazemore, Turner, Dang, Biombo, Noah, Crab, Howard, Anderson, Parsons. Of those guys, only Bazemore, Turner. Noah and Parsons remain. Mm -hmm. Why do you think Bazemore hasn't moved? That's the, and that was the next question that I got to. I'm like, where's he Atlanta? Yeah. And again, and especially in such a wing heavy or wing dominated NBA, that one feels a little bit weird. Like, yeah, he certainly underperformed same with Evan Turner, but I still think there's value in those guys and, and not in the like production to, cost ratio value but like right but evan turner's playing. still yeah they're contributing exactly um chandler parsons he's been broken so mm -hmm. but i mean like when people talk about how things are movable or unmovable or what to expect or what you can or can't get out of it i just thought it was really interesting because i mean dwight howard's been traded twice mm -hmm. and i mean that, that's great and then bought out mozgov and then bought has, out and then signed yeah for a minimum. mozgov has been traded twice Biombo has been traded. Jordan Clarkson has been traded. Crab obviously has been traded, and now Ryan Anderson has been traded. Like somebody said something the other day. I, I wish I knew who it was, but like it was the most poignant thing I'd, I think I've heard in quite some time. Like every GM, like if you have a bad contract, just every day pick up the phone and call Sacramento, call Phoenix, call Orlando, call Charlotte, and just rinse and repeat because eventually they'll break and take your bad contracts. Mm -hmm. But it, it, well, it's it's just a weird, weird thing that that the ones that are remaining, you know, Portland's been involved with, you know, a couple of them. Mm -hmm. yeah. <sighs> yeah. Well, we shall see. But that's what I was saying. That's why I started off by saying that some of these moves, like, may not be, you know, that sexy to the rest of the league. But to people in Portland, we're like, well, somebody's doing stuff. Yeah, don't, don't tell me you're not doing things. I'm watching other teams do things. People are doing stuff, you know. It's uh, doing not the most stuff and, stuff, but it's stuff. Uh, Tara, can we, we need to graduate from doing stuff to doing things. I want to do things. Can we do things? Well, don't we need to do stuff first? No, just, or do just, you just want to go straight to doing things? Straight to doing things. Skip stuff. Uh, you're an ambitious young man, Dan. <laughs> okay, speaking of ambitious... So the That's Phoenix the, is in that, a situation right now where they need that is a guard. fantastic, fantastic transition. Well done, Tara. Thank you. Well Thank done. You very much. So Phoenix is in need of a point guard, and rumor has it that they talked to Portland about Damian Lillard. <laughs> I, I mean, I've got like listen. I'm, so I'm, what would Portland I, get back in that situation? Okay, hold on. First of all, number one, I'm nosy as hell, and I want to hear everything that goes around in the NBA. But God, I would kill to have been on the other end of that line when Ryan McDonough called Neil O'Shea to ask about Damian Lillard. Like, we, 
if you're well, Phoenix, you know, somebody told him he just needs to pick up the phone every single day and call everybody and say, uh, hey, you know what? Have I got a deal for you? Oh, I like. And all you need to do is give me Damian Lillard. Like you're 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 telling people basically. Like if you're calling Portland and you're you're Ryan McDonough, you're wanting to pair Lillard with Booker and Aiden. So your two top pieces are off the table. Like what the hell else are you offering? Marquise Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> like like I, I I just find it laughable that like. Whoever McDonough, who who were, I can't remember who originally reported that the Suns were, were had called Portland about Damian Lillard. Like, are you are you kidding me? Like, what did the reporter when McDonough was like, hey hey, tell him I called Portland about Damian Lillard too? Like, because it's it was Kemba Walker and Terry Rozier. Okay, those are those are gettable guys. Kemba's deals coming up. Same with Terry. Um, and obviously, the, the, with the way Charlotte is, they're, they're always constantly churning new guys out um, of their of their team, and Boston isn't going to have money here coming up. So, like those two guys made sense. Like, okay, I get I get the realm that you're operating in here, Phoenix. Those those are those are good gets. And then Damian Lillard, like, how the hell do you have the balls to even tell your reporter as the source that hey, we uh, we call Portland about Dame too? Like, no. <laughs> What the hell? Well, maybe <laughs> they called up Portland to inquire about Dame, thinking that Portland would counter and say, well, Dame is not available, but what about CJ? Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's, that's, <laughs> that's fine. Like, it's still laughable. It's still laughable, but that's fine. Like, that I could at least believe. It's like, it's like me calling up Miss America and be like, hey, want to go out on a date? <laughs> like, sure, I could do it. Like, but <laughs> that crap ain't happening. Like, are you kidding me? I just, come on, man. Like, I mean, I, I know we're living in the shoot your shot generation, but holy crap. <laughs> just, wow, man. Um, I mean, I actually, I actually have the NBA trade machine open because I, I wanted to see like what feasibly would work. And I'm like, even dollars wise to make it work. First of all, if you're Portland and you're trading Lillard, you're sending at least one bad deal out with it, like mm-hmm. bare minimum. Right. So the money's just piling up. So basically, so you're at like four. Roster. Yeah. So you're like forty Is million. Your entire roster even equal like Damian and Evan Turner. Basically, I mean, it's Devin not. Devin Booker's still on his first contract, isn't he? Yeah, his big deal's gonna kick what, in. Does he make like hundred and fifty bucks a week? Yeah, he's he's at he's <laughs> at three million this year, but he's at the poison pill because his his Dune deal kicks in next year. But I was like, okay, just to make make this work. Dollars wise, you'd have to throw in Tyson Chandler, which okay, that's that's fine because his contracts are coming off the book. T.J. Warren is like the only passable player in there who is on the on the Suns that has um, the money necessary to make things work, because obviously Anderson can't be traded, Ariza can't be traded because it's a one year deal, um, and then like you're like, well, it's either that or you're. Um, you're taking off TJ Warren. You're like, Oh, okay. Well, how about Dragon Bender and, um, Mikhail Bridges? And you're like, oh, okay, sure. That works. Be like, well, talent wise, then you're talking about Tyson Chandler, Dragon Bender and Mikhail Bridges for Damian Lillard. And you're just like, no, no, that's not going to work. So you're like, well, let's throw Josh Jackson in there. I'm like, eh, that's, that's getting better. Like Jackson, Bender, Bridges. Eh, eh, it's, it's it's a decent young so crew. So Portland now has 20 people under contract. <laughs> no, no, no. So 
And then I'm like, well, then we're going to throw Harkless in there because we're going to get some forwards back. And I'm like, then we need a talent piece. I'm like, uh, talent, 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 talent. Well, you're stuck with Devin Booker or um, DeAndre Ayton. So Devin Booker. So Devin Booker ends up in the trade anyways. So, um, yeah, screw you, Phoenix. Piss off. <laughs> okay. So we're, feeling, we're not feeling that one. No. No. Right. I mean, honestly, even for CJ, like, if Portland wanted to – here's where I think I would draw the line on um, like a, a trade like this. If you took out Dame and flopped CJ and took Booker out of that, uh, does that still work dollars-wise? No. Got to cut – what, one and a half? Okay. Anyways, it's close. So um, I, I could I could be talked into a deal like Tyson Chandler, Josh Jackson, Bender, Bridges, like something along those lines because that's a ton, ton of money off the books for Portland because Jackson's got three years left. Bridges obviously has four years left. Uh, Bender has two years left. Those are all guys on their rookie deals. And then Chandler's deal falls off the books. Like, now you're talking about a team going forward in the next few years that has Simons, has Collins, has Trent Jr., has Jackson, has Bender, has Bridges, like, and Nurkic. Dang, that's kind of a young and exciting team. Right? Like, that's... Pot- the, potentially. Yeah, but again, I, I don't know if it's, it's the best team by any means. Like, form and fit <laughs> or anything along those lines. But when I look at that, I at least go, okay, I can, I can get what they're, what they're building towards here. Like there's there's definitely more positional versatility. Uh, the the players aren't nearly as siloed. Um, the contracts are staggered a little bit better. We're clearing cap off of in, off of the the back end of the book, so it makes it easier to go out and get somebody else. Even if it was a, if it was a middling free agent, you're not overspending and capping yourself to the point where you're limiting your options going forward. So th- those are the kind of things I think where if Portland was going to make a move. For something like this, and I don't think they are. I think they're going to just kind of ride this thing out for at least another year, um, barring a catastrophic meltdown. Um, but this is the kind of move I think that I, I've kind of pushed myself to. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. And the next time that I want to make a deal with someone, I'm having you make the phone call because <laughs> you got me practically convinced. But you're not. Ent- I'm not entirely convinced. I will be hanging on to Damian Lillard. As long, as, I hope that the team hangs on to Damian Lillard hey, as long. I, I as have to he do this. Stay. I have to do this because I have to address this. To this. this is like the, the metaphor that I've been using for the last two days here. Being a giant Raiders fan, like Damian Lillard, I'm incredibly pissed off about the Khalil Mack trade, and I've tried to explain this to other NFL, NBA fans, or NBA fans who or don't understand the the idea of that trade. Because as we're okay, talking about, because as we're talking about Damian Lillard here, this is like the perfect framing that I think. What the Raiders did in trading Khalil Mack for basically two first round picks, I think a fifth after it all gets said and done, would be like if Damian Lillard's contract had just came up this summer, or excuse me, was going into the last year of his contract this summer, you know, this mm-hmm. next year, his lame duck contract year, and Portland okay. decided we aren't going to pay you. We we just we, we aren't going to give you the max money, even though you're one of the best in the world at what you do. Because mm-hmm. if you look at what Khalil Mack, he's he's the best defensive player in football right now. I mean, like, okay. so. But they just decided not to pay him. They decided not to pay him, and I think okay. that's where when we're talking about like trading Damian Lillard, 
Like you, you don't do that. You just you don't. Phoenix called it. They legitimately called and asked. You should be asking for Devin Booker and two first round picks, and then be, have the, the Phoenix manager hang up on you. Like mm-hmm. that's that's what you should be doing. Like that's that's how you treat world class guys who have been everything to your franchise. Now CJ, on the other hand, there's a different level of things how you handle those things. But like that's why I, th- I think that that's that that whole point about Phoenix calling about Damian Lillard is one of the most laughable damn things I've heard in quite some time. Mm-hmm. Well, get off that soapbox. Damian Lillard is staying in Portland for now. He is our all-star. And speaking of all-star, <laughs> the way too early all-star projections Hey-o. are out on SB Nation. You're killing these segues right now. And you know who did not make the list? Oh. Our all-star. Oh, weird. Hey, Tara, I, I, yes. I have a question for you. What? Who, who did make it? Well... Say it. I will tell you. Say it. <gasps> Say it. So uh, <laughs> James Harden and Steph Curry made it for the starting guards. And these, mm-hmm. are, these are for the projections. So we have Steph Curry and James Harden. Mm-hmm. Um, front court, LeBron James, who's now, of course, in the West. That's Kevin just Durant. weird. Yeah, Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. And then according to this reporter or this uh, columnist, the backcourt reserves would go to Russell Westbrook and Chris Paul. Frontcourt reserve would be Carl Anthony Towns and Draymond Green and Nikola Jokic with the wild cards. And I believe that's kind of where Damien usually slots in. Mm-hmm. Um, Clay Thompson and Donovan Mitchell. So mm. basically Donovan Mitchell replacing Damian Lord. I don't understand why you're so joyful about this, Dan. I'm not joyful. Uh, I'm... There is some giggling. You were giggling. There, there's some strong giggling. There's no doubt about that. Um, and it's not the fact that the Damien's... Explain yourself. It's not the fact that Damien's making it. It's that Donovan Mitchell is being included in this list. Um, last year, Donovan Mitchell basically was, you know, micro Damian Lillard. Averaged 20 points, four rebounds, four assists in his rookie year as the alpha dog on a team. Yeah, like, that's, so I've heard. That's 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 from pretty you, like that, every week. That's for pretty a year. That's pretty decent, right? Um, but I I think it's kind of I don't know. I'm trying to find the right word for it. It's I'll cruel. Wait. Cruel, I think, is the word that the small market nod that we all talk about, like Portland's non-existent. Nobody cares about Portland. And then there's Utah, which is even smaller market minded than Portland. And you've got Donovan Mitchell, who is his notoriety is in the blogosphere and NBA Twitter is moving up to rival Damian Lillard's. Okay. Hold on. So this this Donovan Mitchell thing is just like taken on like wildfire and he's been around for a year. Damian Lillard also had a remarkable rookie season. He had a remarkable rookie campaign. There's a lot of parallels. I get it. His numbers are fantastic, blah blah blah. blah. But like what else has has he done that 
like supplants Damian Lillard already in the all-star voting situation or the all-star appointment situation? Are we, is it just like, are people just done with Damian? Like all the other stuff that he's done, you know, to... He's the cool new kid. <laughs> yeah, but like how, how, I mean, how long, like Russell Westbrook is not the cool new kid still. He's still around. No, but he's, he's still a perennial all-star. He still all-star. puts up, he What's puts up stupid numbers. to become a perennial all-star? Because don't tell me it's um, team a, a, success. It's 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 marketing. It's a big part of it. And Donovan Mitchell has been fantastic Ugh. at, which makes sense because who's, a, you know what what brand is he with? He's with Dame's brand. Know. He's with the, he's with oh, Adidas. He's wearing yeah. Dame's. Yeah. Like like the rookie of the year stuff with him and Ben Simmons. Um, yeah. What what Mitchell has done on the big stage already, like as far as being like the focal point of a team, and he's not doing this in Utah or New York. He's doing, I mean, he's not doing this in Los Angeles or New York. He's doing this in Utah. Mm-hmm. Like it's that's what's crazy, and like I don't I don't necessarily think he has surpassed those guys or he's surpassed even Damian yet. Um, but I, I get what people are saying in the sense of he may pop into that conversation because if he does make that leap. Uh, statistically, and the Jazz are let's say that, let's say what we were talking about earlier with the Rockets. If they do slide back a little bit, mm-hmm. and the Jazz, the team that supplants them, you best believe Donovan Mitchell is going to make it over Clay Thompson and Damian Lillard. Like that's just that's just the nature of the beast. Like it's going to, and I think this is, oh, is this where is be it, it kind of feeds a long year of Utah. <laughs> Utah exceptionalism is already right up there. With anybody else's uh, exceptionalism right now, I, I'm okay with it because I think it, it could turn into a natural rivalry, and Portland doesn't really have a rival right now. Mm-hmm. And I, I think having Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell matchups are good for the league and really good for for Portland, and Utah. Like that Christmas Day game is going to be a blast. Like it, it but it's, it's like, do I think Mitchell surpassed Dame? No. Dame was just first team, and yes, there's asterisks with that because of injuries, but that's always the case. Um, but I think there is an added benefit because Dame is always looking for every slight known to man. So if this was to come to fruition, this is just more one on the fire. It's another chip on his shoulder. It's more hashtag they. It's more Rip City on the ass. Whatever you want it to be. Um, yeah, I, mean, I do like it when he gets motivated by these things. When Damien yeah, gets I, I, I'm trying, things. Jennifer. This, this, this is his I'm trying, Jennifer, right? <laughs> I, I'm trying to be better than Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I, I, I don't know what you do to motivate a first-team All-NBA guy, a guy who finished top five in MVP voting. Like, like what, what else is left? Like, you have to get knocked down, like, like six pegs before you can, like, officially have a chip on your shoulder again. So I don't think I, we need to motivate know. him. I think we need to figure out how everybody else can understand what it is that he's been doing and what he's what he's doing and it is it's marketing and it's whatever it's our job to preach the gospel of damien what it's our job to preach the gospel of damien right right well (laughs) i mean i would do that but the problem is is when i come at it i i see so much of what he does off the court as what has made him successful and has won him over to the franchise and the fan base here particularly yeah yeah, and I don't know that, you know, Four Bar Friday means as much to people all around the world, but the fact that he came up with that as a rookie one day while he was just hanging out, like, mm-hmm. he's he's so full of so many things that elevate other people, and that's the thing that I love about Damien, is he is 
always looking for ways to elevate other people, to make other people's situations better. And if it helps him out, that's great. But he's just always about everybody else. And I've just always ad admired that about him so much. I don't know. I just, I don't know why suddenly like he's just been supplanted in the all-star voting and I'm already preemptively mad about something that's not even real. But <laughs> I love the fact that we're getting team mom mad because this has never been a thing before. <laughs> well, like it was always like, well, we can, we can, we can, yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, you know, I, I love that I'm, that I'm rubbing off here. Or is it, okay. no, no, I'm not, I'm not supposed to ruin anything. I, I can't ruin anything yet. Y yeah. Hold on a minute. Have, has, has <laughs> nothing that I've ever done rubbed off on you? Are you just like, Teflon and this past year that we have spent together doing I'm this podcast is I'm impervious to kindness that I've done rubbed off impervious on you? to kindness no nope can't say that it has Tara can't say that it has god you're the worst <laughs> <laughs> I, you know what you have given me a, a little bit of uh, a little bit of hope it was, it was it was quickly crushed and destroyed but you did give me hope a few times so th that that existed. <laughs> You're just shaking your head at me now. I know. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah, I, I love Dame. I truly, I I do love Damian Lillard, and it's no secret that I love Donovan Mitchell. And no, Mitchell hasn't passed Dame in my opinion. But I, I I'm looking at this more of the lens of how the national focus may be shifting towards the, the new guy on the block. Like I just maybe don't people understand are tired why of... it can shift so completely so quickly. And it's just, it just seems so random. Okay, let's put it this way. When you think about Steph Curry, what do you think of? Golden I State Warriors, of best awesome shooter of all time. shoes. Yeah, his awful shoes. shoes. Sorry. Okay, but I mean, the, the, the NBA narrative. If you think about Chris Paul, you think about Hall of Fame, true playmaker, point guard through and through. Um... Russell Westbrook, you think about ball hog, head case, but relentless player who fills the box score. MVP. MVP. He has an there MVP. Okay, Damian Lillard, what does the national picture think of him? They think of probably the shot against the Rockets. They think of the rapping. They think of him as a good player, but he also got tagged with a little bit of a, he's, he's a whiner. Like, we saw that last year. We saw that in the media. But he's and not. He I, got tagged. He's with not. It. He's not. No, he got tagged with it. And when you have those guys, or whether perception or, or not, when you have that, there's a little bit of a trend, I think, to buck against that and look for something to supplant that. And I think Mitchell is very much, he, he fills that void because he is everything Damian Lillard is already, you know what I mean? He, he, he has like on the court, he is that kind of guy already. And they see him as the most likely guy to fill that void. And he doesn't have any of the negative connotation yet, but for some people look at it and see it. The, uh, Ben Simmons isn't a rookie stuff. And that's like the negative stuff that's associated with him. Like with Russell Westbrook, the negative stuff associated with him, it doesn't matter. He's still got a damn MVP. He still averaged triple double two years in a row. Like his his baggage isn't enough to have, to drag down his accomplishments, and because Damian Lillard doesn't have an NBA Finals appearance, he doesn't have a MVP uh, on his on his mantle. That I think it's easier for the national NBA narrative to be 
well, Donovan Mitchell can surpass Damian Lillard. Where in mm-hmm. reality, production-wise and value and both on and off the floor, that's not even close to being true. Mm-hmm. Well, we shall see what happens. We'll see if, if uh, who makes the All-Star team, who doesn't make the All-Star team. I don't know. It stresses me out to no end. <laughs> are, they, are they changing the rules again this year, too? Changing the rules for, for what? For the, the All-Star, All-Star team? For the All-Star voting. Because, um, you know, last year they did the picking the picking. I think the they're going to go with that again. I think they're going to make a, a, a slight little tweak to it, but that's it. Okay. We haven't heard yet. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, they're, they're going to go with what they have. Yeah, no, I, I think the NBA is on the right, right track right now as far as the NBA is concerned. And a quick apology to anybody who hears my mic dropping in and out. My mic is doing really, really weird things right now, So, which is actually kind of nice because we're getting ready to wrap us up here. Uh, Tara, what, what, do you got, what do you got on deck here? What, what do we got coming up? Well, yeah, let's go ahead and wrap it up because we have to start getting a lot of rest to get ready for all of the big news that is going to start dropping really rapidly. Things, not stuff. How nice it is that there is... <laughs> no, we're first step one is stuff, and oh, then God. we do things. I hate stuff. stuff happens, and then things happen as a result. Don't get ahead of yourself, mm-hmm. there, Dan. Um, so yeah, let's let's go ahead and and wrap it up for the week. I have another episode of the What Podcast coming out later this week, and Woo-woo. I also had a uh, article come out today about blazers in clutch time because we were wondering who has clutch so folks should check it out i didn't have any like big conclusions but i did go and look and see what the numbers actually revealed what story they told about what happens in the clutch time no big surprise damian lord is still the all-star but um surprise surprise some 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 promising trends for a couple of the other players too i thought so that's what i've been up to you can find me on twitter at tcb bigs so why don't you tell folks what you've been up to and how to get a hold of you and wrap it up. Wrap it up. Just quick and easy. All right. So as always, folks, you can find me on Twitter at DMarang, at D-M-A-R-A-N-G, and on Blizzard's Outsiders with Joe Simons and Shane Brennan on Tuesdays and Thursday nights on NBC Sports Northwest at 7 p.m. Uh, we are just kind of grinding along until the season starts. Uh, like I said, we will have some, some news coming forward here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, really excited to share with everybody. Uh, as far as the up-and-coming things, um, not a whole lot. Just got my, my weekly thing. Uh, got some good good feedback again this week on Maurice Harkless. Next week, I'm, I'm debating whether or not to go um, with another player review, preview, expectation kind of thing, or some hard analytic stuff. So let me know what you guys are thinking, if you guys have any ideas. I'm looking at Yusuf Nurkic right now. So that's the thought for next week. Um, but other than that, I think it's a pretty simple grind between here and the next couple weeks, and hopefully more things happen things happen for the Portland Trailblazers in the good column coming up. Um, But I know guys are going to start coming to town, so camp is right around the corner. So thank you, God. And yes, we are finally in the same month as a Portland Trailblazers preseason game. Just keep that in mind. It's less than a month away, folks. Less than a month away. All right, everybody, hope you're having a... Yes. I hope everybody's having a good, great, safe, happy holiday, Labor Day weekend. Uh, if you're in the U.S., I guess. I don't know. Labor Day International Holiday? I don't know. Don't think so. Uh, but for Terrible and Pigs, I'm Danny Morang. Thanks, everybody. We'll catch you next time.